Are you ready to be awakened and empowered in your calling and purpose? Are you a builder and shaper of the church, marketplace, and society? Welcome to Transformation Generation Podcast. I'm your host, Derek Schneider, and I look forward to helping you get equipped as a catalyst of the kingdom in your sphere. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the broadcast today. It's a good one. If all the corporate prayer we're doing and gathering prayer meetings and we're calling on God to change our nation, and if our nation isn't changed yet, and we're not necessarily seeing the fulfillment of the Great Commission that that is straight out of the Bible, you know, then then what does work and what is the church's role in really being, you know, an agent of change in the society? Well, you've asked a good question. And I'm going to begin to actually ease into bringing some answers and solutions and things that are working globally uh, into our series at this time. Now, if you notice the title, you see that I've mentioned something called organized righteousness or organized good or or you could say organizing the kingdom. Where are we getting a term like that? It can almost seem anti-spiritual, but when you understand that the earth is governed by material, tangible laws and principles and we are called to manage this earth, The reality is you've probably heard the quote, the world belongs to the organized. And this is just a reality. And I'm going to show you this in scripture. So we are both and people. We're not either or. It's not throw out prayer and now it's just about being organized and, and structures and systems. No, it's it's both. But we've got to first understand the other side of the coin to be able to bring the two sides together. So Margaret Mead, who really understood sociology, she said something fascinating, and it was this. You probably know the quote that never doubt that a small group of thoughtful, committed citizens can change the world. Indeed, it is the only thing that ever has. I'm going to get into why it's smaller, more organized movements and groups that actually create change while the church is within the four walls of the building, praying for God to come down and make change. I love a quote by Dr. Pat Francis. She said, well, you were prayer walking the block. The Muslims bought the block and built a mosque on it. <laughs> so so let's get into organized righteousness for a minute. You've probably heard the term organized crime. There's a reason it's not just called crime. This kind of crime that's organized is like the the mafia stuff where they can't seem to catch the guy. Uh, It's the big crime that's taking place in a nation that's impacting the nation. The police are fighting against it. Society frowns upon it. You know, there's whole groups trying to stop it, yet somehow this kind of crime thrives even in fully, you know, first world nations. And you ask yourself, why? How is this crime able to flourish? Like sex trafficking and different different types of things that go on in in even developed nations. Why? It's because of how organized it is. Organization is the power behind organized crime. So now imagine organized righteousness. Imagine if we as the church were so highly organized that even if a society didn't want Christianity, <laughs> even if they all fought against us, that, that righteousness and kingdom would find a way to influentially not only take over but flourish in a society until the society is transformed into the image and likeness of heaven. 
<laughs> How does that sound? Organized righteousness, taking the principles of the kingdom and infusing them into a culture in an organized way training and equipping average people in your church to go out and bring the kingdom into society in an organized way. So far, we as a Canadian church have been very good and strategic at organizing prayer meetings. Now, as we came through the crisis, we shifted into organized prayer meetings online, and we continue to do the things we did before without realizing that it's not just organizing prayer, it's also organizing people. People are heaven's resource. We need organized righteousness to be able to occupy territory. And I wanna show you this in scripture, but I wanna give you a principle first today, uh, and, and it's this. Righteousness, like morality, if you want righteousness as the, fab, you know, the fabric of the nation, righteousness within a nation must be organized to be enforced. Righteousness within a nation must be organized to be enforced. It's not enough to just be righteous in our conference, righteous in our prayer meetings and in our churches, but righteousness must go out from beyond the four walls into society in an organized way if we actually want to occupy territory beyond just the plot of land that our church is built on. When it comes to the occupation of territory and the, the rise and fall of powers in nations, you will discover that it's all based upon organization, principles being organized, and the systems that hold it in place. It's really systems and power structures that hold certain principles and ideologies in place in a society, and they define culture. So in the same way, the church actually, who is the real government of God, the church can actually bring kingdom principles that make for a better society, organize them in such a way that we can occupy territory outside of our churches. <laughs> I know I've, I've said a lot there, but let, let me just show you this in scripture before I give some actual examples, but Proverbs chapter 13 and verse 23 is fascinating. It says this, the fallow ground of the poor could produce much food, but it is swept away by injustice. Now, when we use the term injustice, I want you to switch that word with disorganization. Injustice and disorganization are one and the same in God's eyes. When there's any kind of injustices going on on the earth, he sees it as a disorganized earth. <laughs> and where there is disorganization, there is injustice that takes place. Meaning when the world isn't put into order by the managers of the earth, us who God put in charge of bringing order to the earth and discipling whole nations. I know I'm saying a lot here. You may have to listen to this video a few times, but, but think of it that way. So next time you tell your son or daughter to go clean their room, organize their room, just say, go bring justice to your room. Put it in order. <laughs> here it is again, Proverbs 13, 23. The fallow ground of the poor could produce much food, but it is swept away by disorganization. What does this mean? This essentially means that any people group anywhere in any demographic can produce prosperity and food. They can prosper, but it's going to come down to how organized they are. We see this in continents like Africa and different third world nations and developing nations that 
some some of the, the the churches there and Christians there are praying more than you and I are. They're holding all night prayer vigils. They just have a discipline that comes from having a harder life than some of us in our more comfort-based Christian circles. But over there, they're praying, 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 yet the nation is not necessarily transformed. They themselves are on fire for God, but the nation is still suffering systemic poverty, uh, systemic fatherlessness, and, and crime, and different issues. Why? It comes down to the organized groups and, and systems that are in place that cause a society to flourish. So we as believers have such an opportunity because we have kingdom principles. We have the Bible, our kingdom constitution, and we know that the principles found in that Bible cause a nation to thrive and prosper until they bear the image of heaven. <laughs> and we have them. But as long as we keep them in our buildings, and maybe we come out with those principles once in a while and do street evangelism or show up to something, that's all well and good, but it's not enough to baptize a nation in the culture of heaven. <laughs> so what do we have to do? The world belongs to the organized. We've got to get organized, and, and, and this comes down very practically. I mean, one of the things we major on in our History Makers trainings is teaching believers to combine both the prayer and the spiritual with the practical, organized, strategic. So we bring the two together. We show them how to do this, and they actually have to do assignments and build ministries that could go out and occupy territory. We began to practice and teach this concept of organizing righteousness. That's when we began to see breakthroughs in the nations we would go to. Let me give you a small example right in our own backyard of Canada. <clears throat> One of our graduates, he said, Pastor, I never led a single person to Christ in like 20 years of sitting in church. He came through the training and equipping, he learned about organized righteousness, and he created a program that was based on a kingdom principle. He wasn't preaching Jesus overtly, but it was based on the principle of honor thy father and thy mother, that your days may be long. And he decided that if a society honored their fathers and mothers, honored their seniors, that there would be a blessing that would come on the society. So rather than just gathering people to pray in the church that God would bless the seniors of our city or prophesying to the seniors of our city, what he did was he developed a program. He organized righteousness. He developed a charitable work, tangible, you know, product. And he went out there with it. So he had two senior centers. He put the church in there. He put a church inside a senior center. He put another senior's church inside another senior center. He didn't worry about whether they came to our church and we grew in numbers. He went to them in an organized way. Part of his program was he would recruit youth, young people, who had a heart to bring hope and love to lonely seniors and mobilize them in an organized way to go out and meet with seniors and be a blessing to them. He organized righteousness and actually occupied territory out there. <laughs> the key to occupying territory is to create something of product, some kind of ministry, some kind of charitable work or social program out there where the people are. 
As he increased his engagement, he began to see people saved on almost a weekly basis. <laughs> this is so powerful. I'll tell you about another woman, Aisha Francis. She developed a system. Uh, uh, she organized righteousness uh, and developed a program called Project Restore Phoebe. It was a legitimate charity that helped to rehabilitate families impacted by incarceration. Amazingly, her charity took off and did so well, she was able to leave her job and do her purpose, which was beyond the four walls of the church. It was so organized, in fact, the secular university began to send their interns to her and her program. <laughs> and she began to really help to heal families, the foundation of our society. As she increased her engagement out there in an organized way, we began to see change in the society. Now, amazingly, we, we had 13 of these people, these particular graduates, and uh, they had come through our training at that time, only 13. We had taught them about this concept, and uh, the ministries they started and social works they started out in society were so influential. They were reaching so many people that the mayor of the city took notice and said, man, there must be hundreds of you guys. What is this History Maker Society movement? And he held an event with us and presented us with an award saying, we welcome History Maker Society into the community. Hello, <laughs> influence, relationship, you know. Uh, and, and to his shock, when he got to the event, there were only 13 of us and these graduates and their spouses. He couldn't believe that just 13 people had created so much change in society. Why? What was, what was the power behind this? They were organized. Never doubt that a thought, a small group of thoughtful, committed citizens can change the world. Indeed, it is the only thing that ever has. The fallow ground of the poor could produce much food, but it is swept away by injustice. Any people, anywhere, in any demographic can produce a result. It'll come down to how organized you are. <laughs> any church, big or small, it's actually easier if they're small. That's why I'm preaching and going to small churches these days. I love to mobilize small churches. It's so easy to do it because it's easier to organize. Even God understands this. It's why Jesus worked with 12 <laughs> when he wanted to make sure the gospel of the kingdom was released in a systemic way so it would consume society. You and I are sitting here today because of what Jesus did with 12 people. Hallelujah. Jesus could leave after three years on earth and go up to heaven uh, based on what he did with those 12 people. So small is the new big. We began to train and equip the laborers in how to go out into society in an organized way with organized righteousness and we began to see the kind of results that we are begging for God to do in our prayer meetings. We began to take this now to the nations and it really exploded in countries that wanted to be developed and we sent people out beyond the four walls of the building, transforming their society and their governments took notice. And, and this, this brought me as the leader of the movement before governments because we had answers. We began to see that believers have the kingdom of God and the kingdom of God has answers to all societal issues. Church, 
If we don't come together and be organized, we will pay the price for it. We will be spiritual, righteous, praying people in our church buildings, but we will be losing the society. The world belongs to the organized. The world belongs to the strategic. I'm not talking about heaven. Heaven belongs to us. In heaven, we are the head and not the tail. But on earth, if we don't organize the kingdom in a strategic way, we will forever be praying and fighting in the spirit and wondering why we're losing tangible territory out there. It's time for the church to wake up to both prayer. Pray as if it all depends on you, but work in a strategic, organized way. Sorry, pray as if it all depends on God, but work in a strategic, organized way as if it all depends on you, because God gave you the commission to go out in a tangible world and bring the gospel in an organized way, so that when we take territory in our societies, it's a lasting change that lasts for generations. The secret behind organized righteousness is that we can take kingdom principles and go out into society and occupy territory through being highly organized. The secret to occupying territory will come down to how organized you are, how systematic you are, how practical you are. Don't think for a second that God is only spiritual and not practical. He is the ultimate CEO. He is the ultimate system builder. He is the ultimate organized and on-time God. We must take on his image and his likeness, his function on the earth, if we want to rule on earth as God would rule if he was in our shoes. I'm going to go deeper on this subject in another video, but it's time for the church to organize what we've got to be able to contend with the powers that are dismantling our societies and holding nations in the grip of darkness. It's time, church. You are the light of the world. You are the salt of the earth. Jesus said it. Let's believe it. God bless you. Thanks for listening to Transformation Generation Podcast. If you liked what you heard, visit historymakersacademy.com to enroll in one of our cutting-edge trainings. Don't forget to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel, History Makers TV. 